In this room is a entrepreneur, a business owner. We have a show of hands. Thank you. Well, that's great. Today I have 30 minutes to talk to you about three action items to immediately improve your business. And if we run out of time, we'll have a Q&A at the end, by the way. And if we run out of time, we can go down to the Globex extraction booth just down the hall here and I'll hang out. You can come ask me questions. And if you want, if you want, we can, uh, you can hit the QR code on this slide and that has all of my contact information at thescottsinclair.com and you can, you can engage with me uh, by email or, or digitally, virtually in some other way and I have a lot of content on there related to this topic that may help you as well. Did you know, did you know that 90% of new businesses fail? 90% of new businesses fail in the sense that they never, ever, ever pay their founder a living wage. 90%, it's extraordinary. And of the 10% of new businesses that do pay their founder a living wage, 80% of those never, ever create sustainable wealth, transferable wealth for the founder. So in other words, 2% of new businesses succeed in the sense that they create wealth for their founder. So if you're feeling like you're struggling in your business, you are definitely not alone. And that's why we're gonna talk about three action items to try to improve your business. Now, before we start, I just wanna give some context on me so you know what we are talking about. If I'm successful today and you implement these three action items, you will immediately better understand your business, become a better leader, improve profitability, improve cash flow, and maybe if we're successful, you can break through the barriers that are derived from negative thinking and fear that are holding many, many entrepreneurs back. You may be asking, Scott, how, how do I know that? Well, for 30 years, yes, I'm that old, for 30 years I've been working with troubled companies, turning them around, restructuring them, financing them, in nearly every industry that you can think of, from startup companies to companies worth billions of dollars, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of these companies in 27 countries, and I've led over 25 billion in transaction value. So, you might be asking, okay, Scott, you're a troubled company expert. What if I'm not in trouble? I just want to improve my business. Well, these same tips, these same action items will improve any business and if you focus on them. You also might be asking, am I a CBD specialist? Am I a specialist in your chosen industry? And the answer is I am a, I'm president of Globex Extraction, which is an exhibitor just down the hall here, but I'm not a specialist in your chosen industry. I'm not a specialist in any particular industry, but it doesn't matter. What we're gonna talk about today I promise you, applies to any size of business and to any industry. So let's dive, let's dive in. Action item number one, to immediately improve your business. By the way, I'm gonna put these slides on the thescottsinclair.com as well, so if you want to pick them up later, uh, they won't be there today, but probably by early next week, I'll have them on a blog post on there for you. Um, Action item number one is to embrace change. If you want to change the results of your business, you have to change your actions. And to change your actions, you have to change your thinking. To change results, 
change actions. To change actions, change your thinking. Let's talk for a minute about mental filters and confirmation bias. I've been a turnaround transition leader for hundreds of companies, as I have said. And the one thing that is common across all of those experiences is that the leaders of those companies are extraordinarily resistant to change. Perhaps that's why they're troubled to begin with. Yet, if I skip the leader of the company and I go to the frontline employees, the people that are actually doing the work, they all know what's wrong with the business and they are willing and excited to change. It's the leadership that is not. This is such a common phenomenon for me that it has created what I call the listening tour, which is a, a trick in my toolbox for turning businesses around. And what I do is I, I talk to the employees one-on-one -on -one in the Maxwell Spartan code of silence. You know, I protect the confidentialities. And in, in, in three or four days, I will have an action list that'll take me for six months to 12 months to turn around the business. So the question is, why is it that only the employees can see the path forward, whereas leadership cannot see the path forward? And the answer is that the employees are not blinded by confirmation bias. What is confirmation bias? You know, most people here would reasonably think that they, we're gonna talk psychology a little bit, I'm sorry about that. It gets worse, next one is math, so. Let's stick with psychology for a moment. Most people reasonably think that the human brain objectively looks at facts and then creates an opinion based on those facts, makes a decision based on facts. But that's not what happens at all. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. The human brain is a pattern recognition machine. What it does is it seeks patterns, patterns it latches onto those patterns, and we call those mental filters and then it seeks facts to support the opinion that has already been formed, the decision that has already been made. That's what the human brain does, and if you think about it, what else could it possibly do? There is so much data and facts in the universe. Everything that you do day to day, it can't evaluate, your brain can't evaluate all of this information and then make a decision. That's completely an inefficient way to do things, so what it does is it forms the opinion first, and then it seeks facts that support that opinion. Well, what if what if your brain finds a fact that's contrary to the opinion you've already found? Well, that creates a severely agitating state, which they call cognitive dissonance. And your brain does one of two things. Is it does it change its mind? No, it doesn't do that. What it does is it rationalizes that contrary fact to fit the opinion, the mental filter that already exists, or it is literally blind to that contrary fact. They call that information blindness. So how does that apply to running a better business? Well, you as a leader, you as a business manager, your brain works like my brain. It works through confirmation bias. So you believe, for example, your mental filter is that you're a reasonable person, you're a reasonable business owner, you're a competent manager, and that you have done everything you can possibly do to improve your business. That's what you believe, that's your mental filter. Now what if you come across a fact that is contrary to that? What if you're losing customers, failing to get customers, losing money? These are facts that are contrary to you having done everything you can do to improve your business. Well, what does your brain do? Well, first it rationalizes that problem, that fact. It says, hey, 
this is temporary. Everything's going to fix itself. That's not an issue. It says, hey, it's not me. I'm a victim. I'm a victim of foreign competition. The bank's not being playing fair with me. I'm not getting enough money. I can't get the financing. Relevant to the CBD industry, we're in here. Government regulation is killing us, and the market hasn't, hasn't done what it was supposed to do. Commodity prices are crashing, and I'm a victim of all that. It's not me. I'm a victim. Or your brain simply ignores the facts altogether. You have information, blindness. What problem? I don't see a problem. We're all good. I see this every day in my practice, helping troubled companies. I even suffer it myself with the businesses that I own because that's how brains work. It's a feature. It's not a bug. So what do you need to do? You need to embrace change. How do you fight information blindness and confirmation bias? Well, there are lots of ways, but there are four easy tips that I'm going to give you here to help you break through uh, the, the bias. Number one, and I think this is half the battle, is to simply know that confirmation bias exists and it creates information blindness and that is science. It's not debatable. This is the way that we work. Remember this quote, the quote from Mark Twain, which is that is not the things that you don't know that get you, it's the things you know for sure that just ain't true. <laughs> Number two, Understand that to change results, as I said at the beginning, to change results, you have to change action. And to change actions, you have to change your thinking. What is thinking? The thinking is your mental filter. You have to change that. If you're not getting the results you want in your business or your life, you are thinking wrong. It is that simple. You're thinking wrong. Number three, Use objective metrics, which I'm going to call key performance indicators, and we'll talk about one of those next, to trigger your brain into knowing that something's wrong and it needs to change. So look for objective metrics uh, to trigger when things need to change. And lastly, and really important, is just embrace change. Embrace, no matter how well things are going, Adopt a mindset of continuous improvement, continuous improvement, and that means continuous change. A, B, test everything as a matter of habit, as a matter of routine. Confronting dysfunctional mental filters is difficult, and as I said, extremely agitating. agitating. Your brain fights to keep the harmony, but if you can, you will clearly see what needs to be done. Difficult decisions become immediately easy. You will be more focused, you will be less confused, and you'll start a journey of continuous improvement. Tip number one, action items here, is to embrace change. Action item number two is to understand and increase your contribution margin. This is the math part of the program, I promise, so I'm sorry for that right up front. I mentioned that KPIs, key performance indicators, should be used as a trigger for when you need to change. What is a KPI? Is an objective metric of something that you're tracking. Tracking in the investment banking world, where I come from, you build for every file you build a financial model, okay? Which is it's called a rolling monthly financial model, and it has historical financial statements on a spreadsheet and then projected financials on a spreadsheet and whatever transaction you're trying to pitch for that particular deal. Well, to build the projection part of that model, you have to have assumptions. 
my receivables are going to go here, my inventory is going to go there, my revenue is going to be like that. And what you find when you build lots and lots of these models is that no matter how complicated the business, no matter how complicated, every model breaks down to three to five key assumptions which drive everything. There, there might be a hundred nuanced little assumptions that, you know, no matter what, it doesn't change the profitability very much, but there's three to five that drive everything. And out of those three to five, there's always one that is most important and most often that is contribution margin. Your profitability and your cash flow are almost always highly, highly sensitive to contribution margin. Come on in, don't be shy. We're talking about improving your business. And so contribution margin is important and managing by definition, you need to have KPIs uh, to track and to manage and contribution margin is often the most important. So what is contribution margin? Contribution margin is the amount of money from every dollar of sales that is available to help you to contribute to your overhead and your profit. Okay, so contribution margin by a formula is equal to your revenue minus your variable costs. That's simple. And the contribution margin percentage is your contribution margin divided by sales. Let me give you an example. You buy a product for $50, that's your variable cost, and you sell it for $100. By the way, guys, if you're looking for the slides, you can hit the QR code. I'll have them up there next week that you can get, if you want. If you, they're going to be on the, they'll be on the site. So you buy it for $50, you sell it for $100. Your contribution margin is 100 minus 50 is $50. There's your contribution margin. Your contribution margin percentage is your $50 contribution margin divided by the 100 is 50%, okay? So there's an example. Now, what are variable costs? We're at a CBD show. Let's assume we're gonna sell a CBD oil. We're going B to C. Somebody can put some drops in their mouth. Well, what would be variable costs? Start with direct materials. Direct materials would be the CBD itself, okay? And if you had any sense in you whatsoever, you would, of course, be looking for the best possible product you could buy from Globex Extraction down the uh, down the aisle here with the best service from this lady back at the back and the, the highest quality and the most consistent. I, I'm just saying, that would be one of your variable costs. You have your pairing oil, your flavoring, your packaging. All of these things fall under that category of direct materials. Direct labor would be a variable cost. Shipping and freight would be a variable cost. Commissions or bonuses that are tied to sales would be a cost that is variable. What is not a variable cost? Well, those would be things like your office staff, your rent, your insurance, um, branding, marketing, professional fees. You have to pay those in full regardless of whether you sell any units at all this month, right? So those are called fixed costs. So that's the math of what a contribution margin is. It? Well, why is it important? Two reasons I want to put out to you. Number one is I already said that in terms of the key performance indicator, contribution margin is almost always the most sensitive to drive your profitability and your cash flow. Number two is when you know your contribution margin, you can now calculate break-even. And break-even helps you understand your business much better. Let me give you an example. Let's use the same example. We had $50 of contribution margin, and let's say now we have a million dollars of overhead. 
I'm not sure why we had that slide there. That wasn't very useful. But we have a $50 margin and a million of overhead. Well, we can calculate our break-even. Our break-even in units is the million-dollar fixed cost divided by our $50 margin. We have to sell 20,000 units, each contributing $50, to cover our million dollars of overhead. Our break-even in dollars is a million dollars divided by the 50% is two million. We have to sell two million in revenue with a 50% contribution percentage to cover our million dollars in fixed costs. Now, let's talk about the sensitivities. Now you know your break-even, let's talk about sensitivity. What would happen if we were getting $60 instead of $50 per unit contribution margin? Well, our break-even would drop from 20,000 units to 16,667 units. Pretty significant difference by having a $10 swing on our contribution margin. If we wanted to be in the same place by just reducing our fixed costs, we would have to cut $167,000 out of our overhead to end up in the same place as if we had just increased our contribution margin by $10 per unit. Now, I'm not saying that it's always contribution margin, that's the right answer. Maybe you're running a business that's super loaded in overhead and you can easily cut that. But most companies, contribution margin is the right way to go. So how might you do this? How might you increase your contribution margin? Look at the formula, revenue minus variable cost. Increase your price. So many companies, almost no companies, certainly the small and medium-sized companies, None of them have, that I see, a regular routine, a regular system to increase their price in the marketplace, okay? Now, I'm talking here in Las Vegas, in the U.S., and what is our inflation rate today in the U.S.? Around 8.5%, somewhere in that range, I think. What is that doing to your contribution margin? It is squeezing it. Your costs are going up but you're not increasing your price to the same rate. And therefore, your contribution margin is being squeezed. And if I tell you that contribution margin is the most sensitive key performance indicator for profitability, it's also the most sensitive for losing money. If your contribution margin is being squeezed because of inflation and you're not dealing with it by increasing your price, you're gonna be in trouble. What else could you do? Reduce your direct materials. How might you do that? Go and renegotiate with your supply chain. Look at entering into fixed contracts, uh, so you're committing to volumes. Look at better yields. Look at less scrap, less waste, depending on what your business is. Reduce your direct labor costs through productivity improvements, automation. Reduce your cost of warehousing. I have a business right now, and we ship a lot of things overseas, and we're looking at localized warehousing, specifically for this reason, to trade a variable cost for a fixed cost. Reduce the cost of commissions that are tied to revenue so you can you know, look at bringing your reps in-house or whatever it is that you're doing. So increase your price, reduce your variable costs, and that's going to some strategies that'll help you think about how to improve your contribution margin, which is action item number two. Let's go to action item number three. Great winning momentum. If you're not satisfied with the results you're getting in your life or your business, you do not have what we call in our shop, winning momentum. Momentum is so important to me that I do a podcast, which you can also find on the QR code, and it's called the Winning Momentum Podcast. That's how important it is to me. Why is that? Because momentum means everything. It means everything in business and life. 
positive momentum in a business, winning momentum attracts resources, it attracts energy, and it attracts resources, both human and financial. People want to work for, people want to invest in a business that's going in the right direction. Negative momentum repels energy and it repels resources. Nobody wants to work for a company that's going down the toilet, right? Nobody wants to invest in a company that's heading down. And so momentum is everything. Now, what is winning momentum? I describe it to my people as that feeling you have when you wake up every morning and you know that today is going to be a little bit more exciting and better than yesterday, every single day, simple as that. So if you're not satisfied with what's going on in your business, you need to you need to change the momentum. You need to create winning momentum. And here's a couple of tips to do that, which will cost you nothing and will have an immediate impact. And number one is to start with small wins. Small wins right now, today, and every day. Forget the big problems that you have and trying to overcome those for a moment because they're overwhelming, they're dark, they suck energy out of you. Instead, go to the basics and immediately choose something small visual and easy to complete and do it today. For example, clean the office. Clean the office, apply fresh paint, do some minor repairs, hire sanitation. Every trouble company I've ever walked into is filthy. They've cut on sanitation, everything's dirty, the bathrooms are disgusting, things are cluttered, it's horrible. Like who the hell wants to work there? Nobody wants to work there. <laughs> Environmental changes are the easiest things to do and the biggest bang for your buck. Repeat that tomorrow, repeat it every day. Just go through a list of small things that you can change and win on. And what you will find is there will be a compounding effect, okay? Small wins will turn into big wins. By the way, does it have to be environmental? It does not, but you know, psychologists often advise people who are struggling on their personal journey to do things like clean their room, make their bed. And why is that? It's not just, you know, lip service and and, uh, and I, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's not just giveaway advice. There's actually a thinking in psychology that is actually about organizing your field of being and experience. In other words, the humans, humans are not separate from their environment. We are one in the same. So environmental is always a good way to start and it's easy and it's cheap and it has a massive impact. We do that in every troubled company. Um, <laughs> Test one, two. Here we go. Technical difficulties, sorry about that. All right, second second uh, idea to create winning momentum is to focus on goals. And forget, oh, sorry, forget goals, got that backwards. Forget goals and focus on systems. You know, outside of a very binary environment, like I'm gonna win the hockey game, I don't think I've ever had a goal in my life. Instead, we have a, get that a little louder, please. Uh, instead, we have a direction. I have an aim, I wanna move over here. This is where I wanna go, I'm here, and I gotta move in that direction. And when it comes to creating change, which we've already agreed you need to do to improve your business, you need to change, its goals are useless for that. It's systems that create change. Also, goals can suck away energy and therefore momentum. Now, why is that? Because when you have a goal, 
you live in a constant state of failure. You have a goal, you haven't achieved that goal. You're failing. And over time, what happens if you're lucky and you actually achieve that goal? Are you now winning? No, because now you don't have a goal. So what do you do? You set a new goal, and now you're failing again. You live in a constant state of failure, um, which, which is just draining on you. It sucks energy away. Instead of a goal, think about systems. A system that can be monitored in the direction that you want to go. Let me give you an example in a personal life. Let's say I want to lose 10 pounds. That's a goal. That does nothing for me. A system is I would exercise every morning at a specific time, and I would cut simple carbs out of my diet. Not only is that a system, but it's a system that can be monitored to whether it's working across time in the direction that I want to go, okay? It's the same in business. It's the system that creates change, not the goal. Forget about goals. Think about systems that are taking you in a general direction that you want to go. And if you do that, you will quickly create change in your business and winning momentum. All right, conclusion, your three tips, three action items to immediately improve your business, embrace change, understand and improve contribution margin, create winning momentum with small wins every day, and think about systems over goals. Thank you very much, and I'm happy to take any questions.